Welcome to the OTP, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plan. Better rates, better coverage, and better service. That's why Tennesseans have been relying on Farm Bureau Health Plans for their health coverage for 75 years. I'm Mike Keith, and we are glad to be back to work at St. Thomas Sports Park as we prepare for players to report this weekend, the injured players and the rookies and the quarterbacks. And then early next week, we will have the veterans report and training camp will be up and running. So we wanted to use this edition of the OTP to introduce you to some of the new. And let's start with the newest Titans wide receiver, Robert Woods. Now, you know he was traded from Los Angeles, the Rams, to the Titans back in March. And you know his nickname's Bobby Trees. And you know he's coming off a knee injury. All of these things had been established over the last, what, four-plus months. So we wanted to do something different with Robert Woods when we had him take part in the Titans Foundation Dinner a few weeks ago. And by the way, the inaugural Titans Foundation Dinner raised $255,000 for the Titans Foundation. When it comes around again next spring, you certainly want to be a part of it. So... Make sure you keep that in the back of your mind. But when we had Robert Woods there, we said, okay, what can we do different to get into some things that maybe Titans fans don't already know? And that's why we brought in the man himself from NFL Network, from CBS Sports, my former college friend, Charles Davis. Charles Davis sat down, came into town for his first, and then sat down with Robert Woods in front of this big audience at the Titans Foundation Dinner to provide some insight and ask some different and maybe even more relevant and more interesting questions. After all, he's on national television. He should be more interesting, right? So here it is from the Titans Foundation Dinner, Charles Davis and Bobby Tree, Robert Woods, talking to us on the OTP. Thank you, Mike. Wow. How excited is this community to have this man in Tennessee? Before we even get into the interview part, seeing Keith Bullock, Javon Curse up here, talking about what it means to be a Titan, their memories how tightly knit they've stayed throughout the years. I have a feeling remembering you from your days at USC, you had a pretty good idea about what you were walking into here, didn't you? I did. I mean, this is a, a great organization. You know, John Robinson and Coach Vrabel bringing me here. Um, but really just on the outside looking in, um, seeing what Coach Vrabel done, Coach of the Year last year, and even just the guys being consistent, making the playoffs, um, that winning attitude, seeing Derrick Henry nasty stiff arm week after week. You know, that's that, that's that mindset and that attitude that you want to be a part of. You want to have that grit. And, of course, seeing, the, seeing Keith, seeing, uh, seeing the freak um, be up here and be, be a part of this community is, is, means a lot to me because these are players who I grew up watching um, dominate week after week and um, really just play at the highest level and dominate it. And I just want to be a part of that. Um, 
be legendary and, and just be a part of that, that Tennessee Titan tradition. But you talked, you just laid it out that you wanted to be a part of this, but I'm not sure everyone understands just how much you wanted to be a part of this because my understanding, and this doesn't happen for very many people, you have to understand the National Football League, to have the respect that Robert Woods has universally and coming from his previous team, the Rams, where they said to him, where do you want to go? They wanted to try and make it work for him. That doesn't happen all the time. You knew about all this, but what went into all that as well? I mean, you talk about Coach Vrabel, Coach Robinson. Obviously, you want to win another ring. That had to be a big part of it as well. Yeah, like I said, this, this team being consistent, making the playoffs, uh, being dominant, um, really should have been there last year. Um, but uh, sorry, we had to we had to take it. But um, <laughs> but but really, just just seeing seeing how dominant they were all around, a balanced team, balanced on the ground, balanced in the air. Tannehill playing well, spreading the ball around. Uh, obviously, Derrick Henry doing his thing on the ground game, being able to bounce back and come back from his injury and still want to help this team win. Um, so for me, it was, like I said, I, I did my homework uh, on the coaches, on, on Tannehill, on our, our, our culture here, knowing what it's, what it's like. And uh, this, is, this is an organization and team I want to be a part of and join. And I felt like uh, I just wanted to bring my, my attitude and my game and kind of build on to what they already were, was doing. And um, I, I'm not here to, like, be anything different. I'm just trying to build on what, the, what this team and what Coach Vrabel has, has been doing and building the culture. And um, in a few weeks in, um, that I've been a part of this team, um, seeing how hard they work in the weight room, on the train, uh, in the rehab, guys getting back, um, guys wanting to be here in, in voluntary workouts. That's the attitude that it takes to, to win and win championships. And I think this team has it. And uh, we just got to pull it together and do it. You mentioned the attitude, your attitude how you go about your business, how you go about playing. Can you give people a little bit of a descriptor? Because if we watch you on tape, yeah. it's real easy to watch. If they've seen you on Sundays, they understand. But how about Robert Woods describing Robert Woods? Uh, it's, it's funny because, I mean, I, I smile often. I, I smile a lot. You guys see this big smile on my face. But uh, on, on Sundays... Uh, my, my receiver coach in L.A., he used to tap me on the chest and i say, all right, Rob, I'll see you in about four hours. And, and really, that's because I really get into the zone, really getting his mindset. You see this play right here, being able to run with attitude and aggression. It's, uh, that's that mindset. You get in that game and you want to be dominant. You want to be the best player uh, on the field. And I, I, I talk to my teammates and, and give them that mindset. Every time you step on the field, we're the best in the world. And um, really, I just, I just love being an aggressor, if we're going to be out there and we're going to have to hit each other, I'm going to try to try to hit you first before you hit me. But um, really, it's just setting the tone. Um, and when your team believes that you're the best and you can't be stopped and all the training that you put in all season, all the practices and, and blood, sweat, and tears is, is really worth it, you, you have that mindset. It's, it's, it's really nothing that, that can stop you out there on Sundays. That mindset doesn't extend only to you catching the football or someone flipping it to you on a jet sweep, it's blocking. You know, when we watch you block, I did a game last year, and Stanley Morgan, who's playing for Cincinnati, mm -hmm. they sent him in motion. He actually led on a sweep. And I said, that's a Robert Woods play. They took that from Robert Woods. Where did that aggressiveness and blocking come from? Where did that develop for you? 
Uh, playing defense, I started off uh, playing defense. I uh, really my, my first year playing football, I was on the defensive side, played defensive end and linebacker. Uh, never really touched the ball. It was about three years of, of playing, and always had that uh, that mindset and attitude of being an aggressor and then playing both ways in high school, and then get into college and not being able to play defense, get into the pros and not being able to play defense and be physical. I learned that at our position, our receiver position, it's not all about finesse. It's about being physical, getting up on guys. And what you learn is uh, a lot of guys aren't really about it. You know, they they're <laughs> they're, they're not they're not as tough as as they as they seem. And really, when you you get up on them, like Mike Tyson said, when you when you punch somebody in the mouth, you really see how how tough they are. And and guys, you you hit somebody, and then they become your best friend and don't want to be a part of the rest of the game. So. If you, if you set that tone early on, I mean, you're pretty much good the rest of the game. If you want to back down and, and get hit and take it, they're going to keep pounding you and pounding you every single play. Yeah, what was the, the quote was, everyone has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Exactly, exactly. And you, you haven't been on any planes with Mike lately, have you? I haven't. I okay, have not. Just, just, just check it. Because if it had been you, you would have hit back. <laughs> would have to. Have you, to. You have, you I might have hit him first. There's no, doubt, run if there's no doubt about it. Well, with this aggressive attitude, I mean, your head coach is sitting here. Your general manager is sitting here. I know we're going to talk about rehab in just a moment, but is there any chance that maybe you might want to play a little slot corner, a little – Little outside corner, you want? I'm open to you it. Play I, a little dime, 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 dime linebacker. J. Rod just made a face, and uh, and really, I mean, we just we just tell Tannehill no no interceptions, so I don't have to make any tackles. No we tackles. Got, yeah, we just gonna make sure we we do our job on offense and let the defensive guys do theirs, and that's really like what we do. We have uh, trust in our players to make the plays. Uh, Coach Coach Ray put them in the right position to do so. John Robinson picked picked the right guys to to be a part of this team and and evaluated them to, to know what their, their abilities are. So that's all we got to do. We just got to do our job and do our job to our best ability. Last year, your team won a Super Bowl. But unfortunately, you couldn't finish the mission with them. You had a big game against Tennessee. Getting ready for San Francisco the next week, you get hurt in practice yeah. versus air. What was it, on a, on a fly sweep, jet fly sweep? sweep? exactly. Fly yeah. sweep versus air. So you can't finish on the field. But I know you never left your teammates. You're still coaching them up, still doing all of that. What was that process like? And where are you in rehab getting ready to be a Tennessee Titan? Yeah, the, the competitor in me was, was really bummed that I, that I got hurt, especially at practice. Um, and another fortunate thing, I was happy that I got hurt at practice and everybody didn't witness and see my injury. But um, my, my biggest thing was I, I was bummed at first. I wanted to be out there. I kind of... Went in the dumps, uh, but then really just being in the locker room, having Van Jefferson come see me in the, in, the, in the training room, Cooper Cup come see me in the training room, Stafford come see me in the training room, and really have me feel a part of it. And we're talking about plays. I'm, I'm able to be on the sideline, be in the, in the suite, and be able to have a different view. And, and with that, I was able to communicate with them about plays that I saw, what was working, what didn't work. And we were really just – like it was like like I was out there, we were able to communicate and have that same language and talk what was going on and and, and why why things happened and then being able to be out there on the field at the Super Bowl, I, I was going to do everything I had to do to make sure we won. I was on the iPad making sure guys knew what they were doing, seeing coverages, making sure that we won because I've been in this been in the Super Bowl position before and we lost and. Uh, 
there's no way was, I was getting back and gonna, gonna have that happen again. So just making sure that everybody was focused, locked in, and prepared that whole two weeks um, because the Super Bowl is not like any game. It is a lot going on off the field, being tickets, media, but the only thing that matters is what happens on Sunday. How are you feeling right now? How's the rehab coming for you? Because if you're going to be aggressive on the field, I know you're attacking your rehab that same aggressiveness. Yeah, they're, they actually kind of feel like they're holding me back a little bit. I'm trying to trying to get back as, as, as well as I can, um, just doing everything that, that Todd has me doing, um, trying to stay focused uh, and, and be patient with it. Uh, right now I feel really, really good getting going, being able to do some things straight ahead, get a, some, some slight agility in. But really just uh, my, my main goal is to be ready, be back in, in tip-top shape and uh, just want to be ready to go when it's time. Uh, it's, it's a long season, and uh, you got to be prepared to, to go every single game and be prepared to last and be explosive just as uh, I once was. In advance of that, as you get ready to get back out on the field, the understanding I have is that you're already advanced in the playbook working with guys already, imparting tips, wisdom from your time frame. Does that come from your sister, who you tragically lost a number of years ago? And I believe her last words to you were, I want you to be a model, yep. but not a runway model, yep. a role model. Yeah. I was, uh, I was confused. I, I came home from school. Um, I was visiting her in her room, and uh, she looks at me and says, like, you have to be a model. I'm like... What are you talking about? You want me to be a, a runway model? Like, what are, what are you talking about? And she's just like, no, like, you have to be a model. You have to be a model. And um, like I said, I was, I, was in, I was in high school. I was a freshman in high school. It really didn't process to me until really, like, my junior year, being able to elevate my game as a football player and seeing young guys, students come up to me and tell me that they watched me or watched my game and uh, really, like, even it just it kept rolling over to college and NFL and really just being a standard setting a standard like like my sister she she battled cancer uh, for three years she was told that she had three months to live and end up living three years and um, so really that fight is in me um, I believe that nobody can really tell me anything I can't do um, God has a plan and um Really just, just her, her words that stuck with me my whole life, being a role model and being able to translate that to, to football is, I know there are some players and coaches who, who say like, don't give away all your secrets or don't tell your, your team, your other receivers who, who want your spot, like your tips and your tricks. But uh, I look at it as we're making the team better. If, if I'm, I'm gonna give him my tips and if it makes him a better player and if he ends up taking my spot, but I ain't going to let that happen. But we're going we gonna to make sure that, like, he's going to be able to perform at his top game and make sure the team is better. And I've been getting here with the receivers, uh, talking with Tannehill, being able to meet with him. But uh, really just being able to have that experience um, going on 10 years now is just shedding, shedding wisdom. The, the, the more I could give to them, the better this team is going to be. Um, I've been in this offense for five years now. Um, so my biggest thing is just – getting healthy, being able to be out there. And then as I'm not out there, I'm letting them know my tricks and, and how to be at their best of the game. So once we get out there, it's, it's no drop off, it's no slack, and we could just get this thing rolling. Last couple of questions for you. I was fortunate enough to call games of yours when you were in college. Yeah. And my memory of you, I don't know that you went to class in a coat and tie, but I felt like you did. 
I didn't. Because you carried yourself like a professional player while you were in school. You were watching NFL cut-ups to get your game better. You came out of high school as a top receiver in the country. You go to USC, you're an All-American as a sophomore. Then Marquise Lee develops as well. And your numbers aren't the same, but there's no let up in your game. How do you manage to handle all of that when, I mean, a lot of guys, when they're the man and somebody else comes along and, and something happens, yet you still maintain that. Where did that all develop for you, that maturity? Uh, kind of, I guess, going through it and going through life, there was always somebody that other people thought was better. Um, who was either faster, stronger, um, bigger. But I always was like, it's, it's kind of more what's, what's inside of you. I always like had that from Pop Warner. There was a running back who was huge. He, had, he was a starting running back, but I was like, all right, well, you guys can rock with him, and I'm always going to do my job. Got to high school, and I, uh, the same thing. Um, and that player ended up following me to USC, and I used to always, when I was a freshman, he was a senior, and I used to always hear, oh, we got this receiver coming in next year. He's bigger than you. He's faster than you. He's stronger than you. And I always used to say, all right, but he's, he's not better than me. And that was just that one thing that I always used to just stick in my head. It's like there's always going to be somebody who's going to challenge your game. And uh, it's kind of like up to you who, how you're going to take it. And uh, being in Buffalo, I learned that, in the NFL, they're always going to be trying to replace you. They're going to always try to replace you, whether it's a draft or signing a free agent. Um, you think you have a role, but it's like, are right, we going to bring in this receiver to be our number one receiver, our number two receiver? And how are you going to how are you going to adapt to that? And my my biggest thing was just work, 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 and I always end up out beating these guys, outworking these guys, and really the, just the work the work shows and. Um, being able to just keep my head down and focus on me, focus on my game, always trying to be better and trying to improve as a player, um, never being complacent. Like I said, going on in year 10, I'm still training, still trying to get better. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing in my mindset is always improving, always imp improving my game and working on it, working my craft. There are always going to be guys that they're going to try to replace me with, but as long as I can hold them off as long as I can, I'm doing my job right. No question about it. Last question for you. Mike Keith was gracious enough to bring us both up. There are a lot of very good voices of teams in the NFL, yeah. but there's only one Mike Keith. He's the best. All right. You know that. Yeah. And your time is now in Tennessee. The first touchdown. Do you want it to be Robert Woods or Bobby Trees? And who gave you the Bobby Trees nickname? Because that is so cool. <laughs> It, uh, it, it started out in Buffalo, just uh, locals calling me Bobby Trees, started on Twitter, and then fans just ran with it, and then being able to kind of have that, I guess, alter ego on the field, where, like I said, I, I kind of turned into a different person out there on Sundays and on game day, and it just kind of ran with it, and uh, I'll leave it up to the, to the Tennessee Titans fans to, to let you guys know whatever you guys want it to be, Bobby Trees or Robert Woods. Bobby Trees, there we go. Bobby Cert Trees it is. Cert certainly sounds like it is Bobby Trees. Bobby I mean, thank you so much for your time. For thank, thank you so much for picking the Tennessee Titans. I know the fans love that. Thank you, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, your newest Titan, Robert Woods.
Charles Davis sitting down with new Titans wide receiver Robert Woods. That's from the Titans Foundation Dinner back on May the 18th. So on the topic of new on this edition of the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans, we talk about the new host of Good Morning Football. And certainly you watch it. If you're a football fan, you know it's on NFL Network. It is sort of uh, the football version of Good Morning America or the Today Show. It's what everybody in the business watches every day, and obviously a lot of fans watch it every day. And the new host, Jamie Erdahl, and she joins me on the OTP. Congratulations, Jamie. Thank you so much. I am thrilled. All right, so first question. You're from Minnesota. Yes. Do you still live in Minnesota? No, I am moving to New York okay. with my family. Yep, and to do the show from the studios in New York. Okay, so that's what I was going to get to. You're, this is really going to sort of turn your life upside down, isn't it? Okay, it sounds like it would. However, there's a caveat here that actually why the show, for a lot of reasons, feels like such a good match for me and my personality and what the show means. But, but personally... Um, you know, long story short, my husband's work is in New Jersey and, you know, he and I travel year round and um, rarely, sadly, like, are we home at the same time? And we have two little kids. We have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So, you know, we would be like ships passing in the night. On Thursdays during the SEC season, we would see each other in the airport. Like I was leaving and he was coming home. And so this move to us, Mike, means that I get to going to the studio every morning, but my put my kids to bed every night, and he goes to his office about 15 minutes from our new house, and he gets to come home for dinner. So it it's moving our family, but we actually get to see each other more, which is fantastic. So a blessing, personally and professionally. It is. It is. It is. Exactly. That's great. Why did you want this job? This is a fantastic show. It's just a great show. The, the creativity and the energy behind it, which is what morning television requires, you know, people want to wake up with this show. They want they want to know, they trust the NFL Network, and this show is going to give them what they need to know. They're going to set the table um, for football for the day. And what a cool challenge. And it's so different from what I've been doing at CBS for eight years, being on the sideline. Um, and the sideline is a great job, and it, and it provides its own challenges. But I just felt like I had more to say, more to give, Um I was really happy to get back to the NFL after I feel like I just was handing guys off from the SEC to the NFL after a couple of years playing in the conference. And um, I just am really excited to just flex a different muscle creatively, but also be able to talk about football year round. It's funny because I was telling one of my friends last night that I was going to have a chance to talk to you today. And he goes, hey, isn't she disappointed about leaving the SEC? And I said, well, I, I would imagine she probably is. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of good football and a lot of special places that you get to go. Yeah, absolutely. I, I am sad to leave Brad and Gary. You know, we had a really great thing going, I think, as a production and a broadcast crew. There's very special parts of the SEC on CBS. And as you and I both know, that's going to, you know, head off to ESPN in a couple of years here. So eventually all good things were going to have to come to an end anyways for that relationship. So I was sad to be the first one to kind of break away, but I know we'll always have those two as dear friends and the memories that I made in the SEC and the players and the coaches I got to know, I think will continue to serve me as my career moves on. But you have spent time in the NFL. Yes. Yes. So I've been at CBS for eight years. My first four was on the NFL and CBS and my final four was on the SEC. So it's a bit of a returning to the NFL for me because 
for four years, I worked with Greg Gumbel and Trent Green on the NFL at CBS. Nate Burleson is somebody that you've worked with in the past. Has he given you any heads up about what good morning football is going to be like with Peter Schrager and the crew there? Yeah. So, you know, actually Nate and I, I think are kind of living in the same parts of New Jersey. So, you know, the production people on the show actually knew right where I was going to be coming from and what time my car was going to have to be there and uh, how painfully early, essentially, I was going to have to get into the car. But Nate taught us all that, you know, you got to be able to bring the energy from 6.59, 59 a.m. Eastern every day. And, and he's just done an incredible job moving on and doing such great things at CBS. And But Kyle and Peter are just so... They're so fantastic. I'm so excited to grow with them on television and watch them be creative. And just they they just seem so supportive. And I just can't wait. It's just going to be so great. Kyle Brandt is certainly a character. And Peter Schrager is a character. I don't don't think you're going to have any problem, though, because when I think of you, the thing that has always jumped out to me is you're tough. I I mean, and and what (laughs) and what I mean by that is, you know, to stand there and ask some of these SEC coaches, questions at the end of ball games or at the half that's not an easy thing to do you've got the two daughters who are young you were pregnant during the whole process and you battled through that battle through covid with the second one and and all of those sorts of things and you're an athlete as well you know i've always thought man she's tough so she's not gonna have any problem with any of this where does the toughness come from jamie i like a challenge i'm very competitive you know with the coaches especially to speak to that I I kind of like getting put into, I don't want to call them uncomfortable situations because they're not. They're all those coaches are great across the SEC. But oftentimes the conversations we were having, let's say, with the Nick Saban at halftime when they're losing at Texas A&M, that's uncomfortable. But I kind of loved it. I like to study people. I like to see how people respond in adverse situations, myself included. And so you know, playing basketball all my life. And I just like watching athletes respond. I like what, you know, the production meetings we would do before games, getting to know those young men and then, you know, having a conversation with them, but then watching who they were on the field. I oftentimes like to connect the dots there. And I just really like being challenged and I'm very competitive. It's just kind of, I can't get rid of it. So I figured I might as well put that to use every day for three hours a day. It feels like the job at Good Morning Football is perfect for Jamie Ardahl because you are someone who takes your job seriously, but it does not seem like you take yourself terribly seriously. Do you consider that accurate? That is very accurate. I think once you feel like you've arrived, I always think you can learn more about the game of football, but I feel like once you have confidence in the working knowledge that you have built over time, the more creative and fun you get to have surrounding the sport. So gone are the days for me of feeling like I really, really was just fighting tooth and nail to have to prove myself because I feel like I've done that over eight years at CBS covering really high-level football. And now I get to kind of turn the page and, and do the fun part of it. You know, still break news, still talk about the heavy stuff that affects the league, but, you know, football should be fun, and I think that's, what this show allows us all to kind of circle back to. Do you go through a lot of practice towards your first show on Monday? So, no, we haven't. We've done we've done one, you know, taping kind of Peter, Kyle, and I just to get the nuances down of, of how the show comes on the air and whatnot. But 
no, this week I'm in New York. I'm, I'm going into the studio a couple times just to watch from behind the scenes. It helps my brain know kind of where everything originates from and whose job is what from behind the scenes. But no, Monday is really going to be fresh for us all. But I also think that's going to make for some really great television because it's really not going to be rehearsed. It is what it is. I think we're going to be a couple of football fans talking football all week. You know, training camps getting started makes it a little easier. We're going to be bouncing all over the country. But no, this is, I mean, it is going to be a fresh piece of paper on Monday for everybody. (laughs) Are you having to do a lot of studying up right now on things? I am. I am. So I I kind of have two poster boards working in this temporary apartment we're living in with the divisions. And I'm, you know, the hardest part of the prep for me has been you know, a lot of the, the players that I covered in the SEC who are now in the league is one thing. I know where those guys went. And then a lot of prominent players are still in the NFL that I covered when I left four years ago. It's the coaches and the coordinators that just ping pong across the country. And, it, you know, I'm looking at a guy's name and I'm like, wait a second. You know, this guy was, was the quarterback's coach in Seattle the last time I saw his name. So that to me has been the hardest part of trying to figure out where everyone goes. But once you get that down, you also start to understand how their styles have affected systems and and how that's been implemented onto these teams. So that's I'm really just trying to make sure I have everyone down from a where is everybody located standpoint. And then, you know, we'll go from there. I think also the football part will just come through osmosis once you start doing that much about it. Yeah, I think you're going to be fine. How, how much do you know about the Titans? I know a fair amount. Well, I, I worked, I, I, I had some Titans games when I was um, with the NFL on CBS. And then I, I covered a bunch of guys that are there. And then Mike Brable, of course, I was, was around the NFL when I was back there. So I know him well enough. Okay, good. We, we want to feel good about that. We want to make sure <laughs> if you have any questions, we're happy to answer them. Kyle Brandt usually does a pretty good job on the Titans. He, he does well. But just remember, whenever you say anything about the Titans, if you say tighten up, Everybody will feel great about it. That would that that's how, it's like Skull in Minnesota. You know, I mean, if you just say tighten up, that all the Titans fans will love you immediately because you will know the love language of the Titans fans. Oh, I love it. Thank you for the advice. Well, that's all. Hey, it's the least we can do. We are <laughs> we're excited to see you on this program. Like I said, it's the show everybody watches and everybody gets up with. And I, I just thought you were a fantastic choice for this job. I was thrilled that you uh, decided to dive into this because I I think you're going to add a new element. Kay certainly did a great job. Big fan of Kay Adams. But I I think sometimes you take it in a slightly different direction. You make it something different and it can be just as good if not better. And I think Jamie Erdahl is going to do that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. All right. Jamie Erdahl with us on the OTP. For Jamie and for Charles Davis along with Robert Woods, I'm Mike Keith. Thanks for being with us on the OTP. Welcome to the big show where the legends go. Everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history.